If you missed uh, last week, let me just recap real quick uh, what we're doing. We've been in a series uh, on Hebrews, the book of Hebrews going through it. Uh, We're going to come back to it in February. Uh, We're in the Advent season, as I alluded to earlier in the service. And so we're, we're taking time to meditate on the coming of Jesus and what that means and then to um, experience the fullness of that. And so during this Advent season, I felt like the Lord wanted us to have a conversation together about the Holy Spirit. And we started that last week. We've been talking about um, how to become intimate with the Holy Spirit through prayer. Uh, Luke chapter 11, last week, we were reminded that God wants to give his children his Holy Spirit. And I just want to remind you, there are two books back on that back table. These are $10. If you can't afford $10, but you will read it, please just take it. These are resources to help you know the Holy Spirit. If you are not talking with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, every day, regularly, You need to learn how to hear him, how to respond to him, because that's going to be your success or failure as a Christian. You cannot live without the Spirit. He is our lifeline, okay? And so these are just some resources that we had around the church that I want to put in your hands. If you want them, uh, you can have them. At the beginning of the year, in 2018, it was 17. What year is it? 2016. 2017, next year, good gravy, I just skipped a whole year. So I must have had a good nap. Um, We're going to study a a book called Truly Free by Robert Morris. He's the guy that we're studying right now on Wednesday nights. There's a copy of it on the back table. If you want a copy of that book or study guide to go with the sermon series in September, please sign up for it. I will tell you if you have a Kindle, it's a way better deal to buy the Kindle version. Uh, You don't need to sign up. Just download it yourself. The books are like $18, hard copy. That's the cheapest I can get. Um, But the Kindle version is three bucks. Yep, so if you've got a Kindle or you've got an iPad or you've got an iPhone or a Kindle app on any device, <clears throat> just get the Kindle version. It'll be just the same, and I don't make any money off the book, so I don't care. <clears throat> so buy that. But I believe that the Lord is going to be showing us some things over the next several weeks through this Advent series, uh, hearing the Holy Spirit, walking in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, and then walking in freedom, uh, walking in true freedom. We talk a lot about freedom, but we live in a lot of bondage, and the Lord came to set us free. And so if we're not walking in freedom, something is wrong. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to talk about those things. So today, um, this series has been called Open Before Christmas, and I call it that because God wants us to open it before Christmas. Um, the, The gift of the Holy Spirit, God wants to give good gifts to his children. He wants to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. That was last week in Luke chapter 11. And we have to understand that God wants us now to begin to encounter and talk to and be filled with continually the Holy Spirit because that is how we work out the salvation he's done in us. The foundation has to still be what Jesus did for us. Okay, for the last several weeks, I have said this over and over, and I will say it again. Uh, Right before Thanksgiving, the message that I preached about what Jesus has done for us totally makes us right with God. We have to understand that. John chapter 16, verse 9, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. 
2 Corinthians 5.19, God was in Christ reconciling, bringing back together the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. This means that people do not go to hell because they commit sin. People go to hell because they refuse to believe, put faith in Jesus Christ. Because the sacrifice of Jesus, when you put confidence in that, it puts you in right standing with God and nothing you do can add to that. He does not give the Holy Spirit to children who behave themselves. That's what he said in Galatians. Did you get the Spirit because you obeyed the law? No, you got the Spirit because you put faith in Jesus. And now that you've received the Spirit, don't try to earn God's approval with your actions, but just follow the Spirit. Because the Spirit is gonna show us things in our lives that shouldn't be there. He's, if the Holy Spirit hasn't showed you this week one bad attitude, one wrong action, you're not listening. Or you're not reading the Word because He wants to come and cleanse our lives. But we're already in right standing with God, but the cleansing helps God's work be more finished in our lives. And so He wants us to open these gifts uh, he gives us his Holy Spirit, and that's where we started, that's where we ended last week. Today I've called the message, um, Guaranteed Hope, Guaranteed Hope, okay? And the reason I've called that, that, that this is because the Holy Spirit is these two things. He is God's guarantee to us. He is hope personified. The Holy Spirit is hope. God is hope. And so as we work through this message, I hope that that becomes more clear to you. But the first part of this, guaranteed, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I know I told you to go to Romans. I didn't forget. We're going to get there, and I want you to see it in your Bible. But let me give you some scriptures first as kind of a foundation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this is what it says. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this as a guarantee he has given us his Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter one, the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he purchased us to be his own people. In other words, the Holy Spirit is God's earnest money. Do you ever buy a house? You know what earnest money is? It's money that says, I'm not gonna back out of this contract. This is earnest, this is a guarantee that I'm gonna buy this house. When the paperwork is finished, I'm not gonna change my mind. And if you do change your mind, you lose your earnest money. And so if you don't wanna give up that money, you don't walk away. Now sometimes you find out the house you're buying is a clunker. And you're like, it's worth giving up the earnest money to walk away from that deal. This is what God is saying. I have put my spirit in you as earnest money. I'm coming back. I'm going to finish the work I started in you. The Holy Spirit is the deposit. He's the guarantee. I've given him to you, not because you're a good person, but because you put faith in Jesus. And I've put the spirit in you to help you work out your salvation, to take the salvation that I've done in you through the blood of Jesus Christ and make it visible. Amen to make it visible. It's not enough that he lives in us. He wants to begin to show himself to the world through us. 
And if all we do is criticize, complain, walk around with our heads down, it can't happen. And it doesn't, that shouldn't make us feel con- condemned and, yeah, I know, I'm a per- terrible person, Pastor Tom, and I just can't live up. No, this should remind us that the Holy Spirit needs to do this work because there are people around you that need hope. And you have hope in you through the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 15, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. I pray that God will fill you with hope because you trust in him. You trust he's a good father. Not because you live by the Ten Commandments, not because you follow the law, but because you trust in him. You trust he's a good father. So you continue to put confidence in you so that he will put peace in you. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me just ask you a question for a second. Reflect. This last week, when you went through your day, you encountered lots of unsaved people at the store, at work, in your neighborhood, maybe in your home. Did you regularly overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit? If you did not, This week, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Not because you have all the money you think you need, not because you got the healing you think you need, not because you have the right relationship that you think you need, but because you trust in him so that you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's Christmas. This is the season of hope. And not because there's a Santa Claus, but because there's a God who showed us what he's like by sending his son, the word of God, becoming flesh, becoming like us, giving his life so that you and I can be in right relationship with God and be filled with hope. No matter how dark your circumstance right now, nothing is beyond hope. But if you are putting your hope in the circumstance, if you're putting your hope in a relationship, if you're putting your hope in your ability and not in him, your hope will lead to disappointment and your hope deferred will make your heart sick. Psalm chapter 46 A few weeks ago, I shared this. It says, let go of your concerns, then you will know that I am God. I rule the nations, I rule the earth. The Lord of heaven's armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Hope starts with a choice. If you sit and you think about all of the things that are not going right, all of the problems that you have, all of the bills and the lack of money, if you sit and think about all of the fears that you have about what's gonna happen to you or what's gonna happen to your family, if you sit and think about all of that, your, your life will not overflow with hope. But if you choose to set your mind on things above, if you choose to say, you know what, I have all these worries, but I gotta let go of my concerns and trust that God knows my concerns and I'm gonna bring them to him and I'm gonna come to him and I'm gonna enter his gates with thanksgiving and I'm gonna enter his courts with praise. What do I have to be thankful for? The cross. (laughs) 
You are now, you now have access to the very throne of Almighty God. Everything you need is yours. It's a choice. Look at Abraham in Romans chapter 4. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Some translations said, when his body was as good as dead. When Sarah's womb was way past childbearing years. Even then, Abraham kept trusting. God said, see, for a while, he put his hope in a child. And guess what he did? He created Ishmael. And we still see Ishmael and Isaac fighting to this day. That's what happens. You put your hope in the promise instead of the promiser. And Abraham went through a journey with the Lord where he learned to trust him. And the thing I love about this passage is it says that Abraham did this without wavering. And you and I know he, it looks sure like he wavered. That's the assurance that we have that what, what Jesus has done for us completely covers us. So even in our failings, we can trust him. Look what Hebrews chapter 10 challenges us to do. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. How do I know God can be trusted? Because he's revealed himself. He sent his son to die for me. If he gave his son for me, why would he not give me everything else? He's given us his word. We know what he's like. We know his character. We know his nature. And he's put a guarantee, earnest money, in me, his spirit. He's coming back for me. I'm his child. He's not finished with me. He's not disappointed that these evil things are in my heart and they keep coming out from time to time. He knew they were there when he died for me. And he wants to get them out. But the whole time, his spirit is our guarantee. So then let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good deed. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. In the last days that are coming upon us, life will begin to get more difficult than it ever has before. And I believe the Lord is trying to get us as believers to be connected to the body of Christ. Because if you think you can do it alone, there is a time coming on the earth where you cannot. We will need to be connected to the body and we will need to be connected to the head, his son. That's why he's calling us into intimacy with his, his son through the Holy Spirit. That's why he's calling us into relationship with one another. Deal with your offenses. Deal with your unforgiveness. Come into relationship with one another because there's a time coming on the earth that you're going to need each other and you're gonna need to learn how to hear me. And if you wait till that day comes, your heart is going to fail you. That's a prophecy of scripture. There's a time coming when men are gonna be so afraid their hearts are gonna fail. But the people who know their God. Ephesians chapter one. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he's given to those he has called. His holy people who are his rich inheritance. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light to understand the confident hope that we have. 
Hope is not a feeling. Hope is not an emotion. Hope is a certainty based on the word of God, the character of God. And so when I choose to put my hope in God by repeating back to him who he is, by repeating back to him what his word says, then my old emotions of anxiety, my old emotions of fear, my old emotions of depression, my old emotions that keep me in bondage begin to get replaced by new emotions of peace, by new emotions of joy. But we just want to come to a prayer line and just get zapped by the power of God and think that that's going to last us till Jesus comes. Jesus says the prayer line is great. Getting an experience with the power of God is great. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues is great. But you need to continue to be filled with the Spirit. You need to continue to use that prayer language on a regular basis because it builds you up in your most holy faith. We need to continue to take our thoughts captive, make them obedient to Christ. We need to continue to set our minds on things above so that hope grows in our hearts and not fear, anxiety, depression and worry amen thank you I'm, this is so foundational I pray that I'm making sense to you sometimes my problem is I feel like the Lord is saying so many things to me and I'm like Lord what should I say what should I not say uh, because you're my brain can handle like seven different conversations at the same time it can, I can read three different books at the same time, and I'm not at the same exact time, but three at three times, and I can understand them all and gain from them all. And so my brain is so compartmentalized, but I know that you're not all like me, thank God, because we would drive each other insane, but so I know that you think different. So I'm praying that the Holy Spirit takes everything I'm saying and just resonates what you need to hear in your heart so that hope grows. I want to go to Romans, and I want to read two passages of Scripture, and then the worship team's going to come back. They're going to lead us into his presence again. This isn't about information. This is about transformation. I mean, you can read the Bible, and you can get information in your head and not be transformed. We need the Spirit of God to write the Word of God on our hearts so that we become transformed. And the reason we're ending this, these messages during Advent with time of worship is so God can take the information and use it to bring transformation in our lives. Man, we, I, I say that every Sunday, but usually we push it right up till noon, and then I know you gotta sneak out real fast and you don't have time, so we've deliberately tried to force ourselves to give the time that we need at the end of these services to do this. And so in Romans chapter five, if you're there, if you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the pew right there in front of you. I want you to see it. I did put it on the screen, but I'd rather you look at your Bible or look at the Bible you have in front of you. Um, it's really small on the screen anyway. So Romans chapter five, listen. Therefore, since we, you and I, have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Doesn't matter what we feel, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. So if we put our, our faith in Jesus, we have peace with God. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. It's a place of privilege, it's not deserved, where we now stand. 
and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Praise God. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know they help us develop endurance. They help us put into practice. They help us put our trust and hope in God. Endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. If you have everything you possibly need and you never have a trial and you never have a worry and you never have a doubt, your character and your hope don't actually get stronger. I know we think it does, but we actually get weaker. And so when we have to fight to put our hope in God, it actually grows. Our character grows and our hope grows. This hope will not lead to disappointment. Listen to that. This hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. How do we know this? Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would, be, would not be willing to die for an upright person though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed his great love for us, you and I, by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. You see how he ties the relationship we have with Christ, sons and daughters, with what Christ has done for us with the hope we have through the Holy Spirit, fighting for this thing, setting our minds on what's right. Go over to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. I wanna read here for a few verses and then the worship team's gonna come back and we're gonna spend some time in worship. Pay attention to how all of this ties together. Hope, the Holy Spirit, what Christ has done for us, how we live this out in our lives. So now, There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. It doesn't say you won't feel condemnation. It just says there is none. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature 
but instead we follow the Spirit. And you have to go back a few weeks now to listen to the message that I preached on the, the Word of God, the, the law, and how we keep the law, not because we need to be in right relationship with God, but because we are in right relationship with God. So if some of this feels like legalism to you, go back and listen to that message. So verse five. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. If you think about sinful things, you will do sinful things. Even if you think about not doing sinful things, you're still thinking about sinful things. So we don't set our mind on sinful things at all. We set our minds on what pleases God, what pleases the Spirit, and we do those things. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. It leads to death. God doesn't come and point out our sin because he wants to be mean to us or because he wants to uh, you know, make us feel bad because he knows if we continue in that action, it will lead to death. It will lead to destruction. It will lead to a place we don't want to go. And so he comes and he points it out to us so we get away from it. <coughs> the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law and it never will. Though, that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you, me and you, we are not controlled by our sinful nature. We are controlled by the Spirit if we have the Spirit of God living in us. Remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ don't belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you so that even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God who rose, raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. Therefore, you've no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. If you live by its desires, its dictates, you will die. But if, through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you a fearful slave you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children now we call him Abba daddy father because his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm we're his children since we're his children we're his heirs in fact together with Christ we are heirs of God's glory but if we share his glory we must also share his suffering yet don't get depressed. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. All of creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. We believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit with us as a foretaste, a down payment, earnest money of our future glory, but we long for our bodies to be released from sin and from suffering. We too wait with eager 
hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he's promised us. We were given this hope. We were given this hope when we were saved. Not someday. The hope is in us. But if you're not if you're not growing the hope with the work of the Holy Spirit, then you're depressed, then you're anxious, then you're worried, then you're defeated. If you're not living by the Spirit. Verse 26, and the Holy Spirit, listen, helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings and with, with groanings that can't be expressed in words. See that? He helps us. He knows you're weak. He knows I'm weak, and he helps us. The Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For God knew his people in advance, meaning before the foundation of the world, he knew all of us and he chose us to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and having chosen them, he called them to come to him and having called them, he gave them right standing with himself and giving them right standing, he gave them his glory. I want you this week to meditate on Romans chapter five, Romans chapter eight, and just continue to read over it until the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and then uses it to increase faith and hope in our hearts because this hope will not disappoint. So I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back and as they're getting ready and as they're coming, I want us to take a moment and I want us to bow our heads. I want us to just take just a just a second, and I want to quiet our hearts. What is God saying to you today? Some of you are here, and you are in disappointing moments of life right now. You are feeling like what you have been hoping for is not going to come to pass. You are much like Abraham. You think that it's, it's just as there's no more reason for hope. There is always reason for hope. And so if you're here today and you've been putting your hope in circumstances, you've been putting your hope in provision and not provider, you've been putting your hope in healing and not healer, you've been putting your hope in the restoration and not the restorer, you've been putting your hope in people, you've been putting your hope in churches, you've been putting your hope in relationships, you've been putting your hope in, in whatever you've been putting your hope in, and you've not been putting your hope in God. You've got reasons why you can't obey. You've got reasons why you can't do what you do. With Pastor Tom, you don't understand. I don't have anyone else in my family that's a Christian. You, Pastor Tom, you don't understand. I, I go to a church. I don't go to this church, but I go to a church where they don't even believe in the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. You have the Spirit in you if you've put faith in Christ. And anywhere you go, any circumstance you're in, the promise is God is always working for your good and no power of hell, no demon, no person, no circumstance, no sickness, no disease can ever separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus.
And so we're gonna take time at the end of this service and we're just gonna meditate on him, his character, his nature, his faithfulness, his goodness, his love. He is a good father who wants to give good gifts to his children. He wants to give his spirit to us. He wants to fill us, not just with a little bit of hope, but hope that overflows. Hope that you can give away. Lord, fill us today with your hope. With your hope. We right now choose to set our minds on you, on your character, on your nature, on who you are. You are our hope. You are our savior. You rule the nations. You are victorious over every one of my enemies. You are the name above every other name. And so today we're downcast. Our emotions are, are in, a, in turmoil. But we put our hope in you. We put our hope in you. I want to challenge you today as we worship him, to worship him, to worship him, to worship him. There is an encounter with the presence of God that you and I need daily, daily, daily. When I sense, I wish I did it every time, but I don't, sometimes I fight it. When I sense that my anxiety is out of control, when I sense that worry, fear is growing in my heart, if you would put on some music and you would just say, you know what? I'm going to let go of my concerns and I'm going to just spend time with Jesus and I'm going to sit at his feet and I'm going to worship him. And you say, Pastor Tom, that's emotionalism. Let me tell you something. Fear is an emotion. Anxiety is emotion. Depression is an emotion. And so I have chosen not to allow those negative emotions to influence me and cause me to make wrong decisions based upon my fears, based upon my doubts, based upon my worries. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm not going to do stupid stuff because my emotions are a wreck. I'm going to get my emotions centered by worshiping God and then allow His Spirit to help me make good choices that maybe go against my human reasoning, but they're better. And I want you to join me because there's a place of undeserved privilege that we haven't learned to walk in yet. But I, it's like I see it. Sometimes I feel, wonder what Moses felt when he looked out over the promised land and he could see it, but he couldn't go into it. All I want you to do today is start seeing it. Just climb the mountain and let God give you a picture of what he has laid out for you. All the good things he's got in store. Let go of your concerns and know that he is God. Stand with me. As we get ready to worship, we're gonna just sing a simple song. These altars are open. If you need prayer, our prayer team is here in the front. We wanna pray with you. But I just want you for a few moments to get lost in his presence. Let him breathe fresh hope into your circumstance, into your situation. Let the Holy Spirit begin to minister to you and strengthen you and heal you and restore you.
in his presence. Let's sing. Let's worship. Let's enter into his presence with thanksgiving and with praise.